0: Let's get down to business here. Average U.S. household spends $60,060 per year. Average household income before taxes, 73573 bucks. Basically, that means that you're going to be in debt without a doubt. Not including mortgages, age 18 to 24, the average debt is 22000 Matt, that's your category. $22,000 in debt. You don't have any debt. You're lucky. Most do. Age 25 to 34, 42000 in debt. That means they're not saving any money. Age 35 to 49, $39,000 in debt, not including mortgage. Age 50 plus, $36,000 in debt, which means basically you may or may not pay off your house by 55, 60. You probably won't retire until you're 65, 70. If this is you, I ask you, what the fuck are you doing? And that's how we're starting this podcast.
1: Yeah. I mean, just, just the numbers
0: keep piling up no matter what. Well, here's the thing, Matt, you can give the perception of wealth. You can have a fancy condo. You can make payments on the sports car. You can take the trips on a line of credit, Instagram the fuck out of it and everyone thinks you're successful. And then You as a uh, a follower of somebody on Instagram says, holy shit, that guy's got his shit together when in fact he doesn't. And the stats prove it.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, people can portray that lifestyle, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're living it.
0: No, and that's why we're talking about the inner circle. Uh, We talked about the significant other. And I mean, that's probably the most crucial piece. If you don't have your shit together with your girlfriend, your wife, uh, you're done. You're, You're just done. So what I'd recommend you do, and we've talked about this before, is lay out your plan for your significant other and says, listen, this is what I want to do with my life. You're either on board or you're out. What are your thoughts on that, man?
1: No, I mean, we, we, we've we covered that in the first part of it. Um, and then, you know, it comes down to after that, finding a mentor uh, that's involved in every every part of your, your uh, lifestyle. And, you know... Right. The third one we're gonna find out today is, you know, the other part of your inner circle. So who is that? Who's who's really part of that? Is it your strategic partners? Is it your, uh, you know, your, your kids? Are they a part of it? Your family, um, your enemies, are they a part of it? You never know. So we're, we're gonna find out.
0: Mm-hmm. So if I were you, listener, um, you've got a mission in life. You've got a goal, you've got a purpose, you've got goals, you've got a plan. Um, I would present that to your coach say, listen, can you help me get to where I want to go? And like you said, we've talked about that already. That was in a previous podcast, but then you've got all the other players and it's the same thing. If they're in on the plan in some way, that's beneficial. They're part of your inner circle. They're part of your team. If they're not, they're out. They're acquaintances, they're distant friends. And that's what it is. Let me ask you something. Are parents part of your inner circle? It all depends at the
1: end of the day. You know, uh, parents, if they're, if they're putting everything into you um, and they're not focused on their, themselves, uh, they're just a supporting cast. Um, if, they, if they get their shit together, they're a role model to you and they're helping you as well. I think they're definitely part
0: of your inner circle. Mm-hmm. There's got to be two criteria. So criteria number one is, do they buy into your plan? And if they buy into your plan and say, we support that, we really like that. And we can help you, great. And the second thing is, do they help you grow? Do they help you grow as a person? If they, if you answer both of those, hey, your parents are part of your inner circle. If they don't help you grow, that's okay. They're still loving special parents. That's cool. But they're not part of the inner circle. They're not people you're going to go to for advice and planning. I'll tell you right now, I couldn't talk to my dad about my future. It, it just wasn't going to happen. Same thing with my mom. She just didn't have the capacity to direct me the way I needed to be directed. And that's fine. Most parents are not like that. They were loving
1: parents, right? And you know, that's just, that's why you go other places.
0: Yep. You go to your uh, parents for a nice old fashioned meal for some good old fashioned conversation. All right, let's talk about friends. Show me your five closest friends. And I'll show you your success in the future. It's that simple. And it's a little bit more applicable for me than it is somebody younger. It's a little more applicable for a guy who's 40, 35, than a guy who's 20. But it still applies. Show me your five closest friends and I will tell you your future. You hang around winners, chances are you're going to be a winner. You hang around guys who are losing, chances are you are going to be losing too. You rise to the level of your peer group. It's that simple.
1: Yeah, and I think your, your friends have a big part in, uh, in what you're going to do in life. Um, they can direct you certain ways. You know, like you said, if, you're, if they're kind of like bums, they're going to encourage you to kind of just follow them and be bummed with them. Um, you know, growing up, I found that uh, I didn't have time to associate with people like that because I had better things to do. And I think you're the same. You know, you made friends who... We're doing the same shit as you. You know, you have a good friend of yours, Rob, who when you guys went to the gym, y'all got in the gym. You know, you weren't really associating with people who were, who were bringing you down and taking time away from, from the gym or your business.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you right now, there's uh, five people I'm in contact with, if not daily on a weekly basis. So I've got, uh, this is my inner circle of five friends. Uh, one guy is retired with a very successful business that he sold. He's living a life of luxury got another guy who owns a restaurant and a hotel another guy who is tops in his industry and he's going to 10x his business business over the next two years i've got another friend multiple businesses multi-millionaire and another one who is a high-powered executive these are the guys that i rub shoulders with every day and for me not to produce at least at their level i mean there's a lot of peer pressure to perform it's that simple I can't be a schmo. There's no way I'm going to be a schmo around these guys.
1: And it's kind of like an unsaid level that they hold you to. You know, we talked about um, the other day, just in a conversation about David Goggins being your friend, you know, and you know, if he's your friend, he's pushing you to levels without even pushing you because his norm is what you got to kind of follow to an extent. You know, even if you're not doing the same shit as him, uh, you're going to be held to a pretty high standard. His
0: norm is super extreme. So if you don't know who uh, Goggins is, I don't even know his first name. I think it's David. Yeah, David, okay. I G-O-G-G-I-N-S. Check out this guy on Instagram. You probably all know who it is. Here's a guy who takes fitness to the extreme. He's written a book, even though he has a really hard time reading. The guy's a winner. I guarantee you he's a millionaire. All right? His extreme is so high that if you were performing at one-tenth of his level, you'd be doing fucking awesome. Yeah, exactly. And I, th- I think if you didn't perform, he'd say, screw you. I don't want to be your friend. What value to bring to me? Right. That's the expectation when you yeah. roll with guys like that.
1: And that's what boosts you to another level. And those are exactly why. That's what, exactly why you, those people need to be part of your inner circle. You know,
0: um, it's a strategic partnership slash, you know, those are your running mates. Mm-hmm. And listen, we only have enough time in the day for, you know, our wife, our family, our work, our business. Uh, You don't have a lot of time left, so the people you do roll with, they should be guys that are high performers or moving in the right direction, and if not, I know what my advice is. What's your advice for those guys?
1: Yeah, you know, if those type of guys are, uh, you know, taking energy out of your day for useless shit uh, or they're distracting you, stuff like that, you know, you just got to get rid of them in a way. Yeah. Yeah got to
0: get the fuck out <laughs> in the nicest way possible right yeah. or or be brutally honest and say hey listen you're not raising my game I, I love you man but i gotta step it up here i've got a family to feed and you know you don't want to throw stupid quotes at them like hey listen you know the average person's in debt twenty two thousand dollars. but the fact is that is the reality and if you want to stay like that exactly. hey, go play in your uh, men's hockey league
1: exactly and you know that's when you see the average come out in people and you know if they're if they're average that's awesome that's good for them and they can surround themselves with other average guys you see it a lot but um this lifestyle is is an average Mm -hmm. you know you you can't you can't live
0: one like that. now if you want to get out of living the average life you need to make friends you don't know where to look what do you do uh
1: you know you got to go out and find them and it's not the it's not the easiest thing to do um Right now, social media is a big key. Uh, It's pretty easy to find those type of guys, I think. Uh, It's as simple as making an email.
0: Mm -hmm. Who would you email?
1: Well, you know, over the past few years, um, you know, I've done it myself. I've gotten in contact with uh, world-class people in the sports world, um, just in the Instagram world, uh, younger generation, TikTok world, just through, you know, interacting with them, you know, even if they don't answer at times. Um, they're pretty busy people, but, you know, liking their stuff, commenting on their stuff, you know, eventually Instagram messaging them, let's say um, any of that kind of stuff, emailing. You know, I've emailed Mark Cuban a few mm-hmm. times. Um, I've emailed some professional coaches uh, throughout the world, you know, um, and they, they'll get back to you. Some of them will get back to you. You, got, you can't be afraid of the criticism. You can't be afraid of not getting answers. right. And I know
0: with you, there's no shortage of advice from high level people. I've seen it. I've been around it. I've referred you to some people who are my friends. Uh, For guys my age, maybe a little younger, uh, what you can do is join a men's mastermind led by somebody successful, and then you're at least hanging with guys who want to perform. Another thing you do is talk to your coach. Just say to your coach, hey, listen, do you know anyone who I can roll with that you can connect me to? And they're probably going to find – if they're a good coach, they have people like that where they can connect you with somebody to run with. And uh, also, I'm just telling you right now, you want a separator? The separator is going to YouTube and listening to the top guys in sports, in business, leaders in their field. Listen to them, and you'll see the difference between those guys and the guys you used to hang around with. And you're going to say, holy shit, what was I doing spending time with these guys? Or you might be saying, hey, listen, you need to listen to this guy. This is unbelievable. Elon Musk will blow your mind in terms of the way he sees things. Right, um, Kobe Bryant might change your perspective on what hard work is
1: oh totally, totally, and, and you can find them in different areas you know if you're if your profession is being an athlete, even if you're not an athlete, you can listen to these athletes um if you if you're trying to become a businessman or you are a businessman, um you can learn from other athletes, you can learn from businessmen, you know it's easy it's pretty easy to find this day and age,
0: yeah, for sure. Okay, let's talk about kids. Where do the kids uh, come into play? Are they part of your team or what?
1: Well, you know, it's tough for me because I don't have any kids, obviously. Um, but being one of, being your kid, um, you know, it's tough to become in it's it's tough to become like part of your parents' inner circle, I'd say. Um, because normally parents aren't um uh, high achieving. Um, mm-hmm. normally parents, you don't they're not really your role models because they're trying to take care of you. They're desperately trying to take care of you. They're, they're They could be in debt. They have their own shit to focus on. Um, thankfully, you know, especially for me, I've never been in that position. You know, I've had you a very, very diligent guy, um, very disciplined. And, you know, I you're part of my inner circle because you've gotten me better while getting yourself better at the same time. I come to you for a lot of things, whether it's business, uh, emotional advice, You get me? Oh, totally. And that's where
0: parents need to step up. I mean, your kid needs to see you win. Whether you like it or not, you are their role model, without a doubt. They need to see you work. They need to see you produce. And they need to see you be the man. And when I say be the man, I'm not talking from a chauvinistic standpoint. It's like, hey, you got to be the man. You know, the guy who's getting shit done. The guy who's winning. The guy who's dominating guy who gets the raise, the guy who gets the promotion, who makes the sale, kids see that success, and it's not about winning the participation trophy, it's about winning you know first or second or third, and your kids need to see that because in the real world, there are winners and losers
1: There are, and no one wants to no one wants to say that, but you know at the end of the day if you're if you're a parent um, and you're just giving your kid everything uh, you are you know, um, not really being a role model, they're going to look at you and they're not going to respect you as much. They're, you're just, just kind of there as their parent. They're going to find um, people, other people to be part of their inner circle rather than you. And that's fine. But, you know, for me personally, for you, I don't think that sits very well.
0: No, and what you find now is a bit of a counterculture where uh, you've got dads saying, I'm going to be a great dad by not centering on me, but centering my world around my kids. And I'll tell you what happens then. You create, for the most part, entitled kids, kids who expect you to be there all the time. And they don't see you winning. So what they end up doing is they end up disrespecting you as they get older, demanding things from you, and looking elsewhere for leadership. And that is the worst place to be. I'm not a parent. Worst place
1: to be. I'm not a parent. But that would be probably the worst, you know, slap in the face of my life if my kid was doing that. You know, um, it's not like you were never there for me as a kid. I know your dad was a little bit more extreme. It was a little bit tough to, um, to for him to be there for you. But you know, you were there for me. But you also let me kind of find stuff on my own, do stuff on my own, um, and become my own man while guiding me. While you know, showing me through example. I think that's probably one of the most important things when it comes to your kids and my kids
0: in the future, right? And, and what kids need to do. I know I talk about uh, kids seeing you be the man. I mean, you got to step up. You have to step up. You have to deliver. You need to produce. But at the same time, you need to step up in terms of uh, not only giving time to your kid every day. It's meaningful time. So if I only had an hour with you or Andrea, I made the most of it. Like you and I had some intense, deep conversations every single day. I'd say probably at least an hour every single day. Yes or no?
1: Yeah, more or less, you know, like 45 minutes to an hour in the car. Um, You know, throughout the day, it was was pretty meaningful stuff that would would just kind of be, you know, passing on wisdom, uh, passing on advice, passing on some like just demonstrations of stuff, you know, it's, it's all good stuff.
0: And the number of uh, miles we drove for basketball was, or basketball and soccer, because you were pretty elite in both of them was friggin' ridiculous. But did I ever miss a workout? No. Did I ever stop producing? No. Did I work 60 hours a week in business and uh, in uh, teaching? Yes. Did I still make time for you guys? Absolutely. That's the expectation for a father. That's what dads do. That's what good dads do. Yeah. So
1: for all the for all the fathers in here, the potential fathers, you know, the younger kids are trying to trying to be a father one day. Um, You know, this isn't the best example, but it's definitely an example. You know, when I'm when I'm at a hotel, let's say, or I'm at somewhere without a gym, um, and you know, I could just kind of take the night off and just relax. No, I'm usually going to do a hotel workout. I'm usually going to do something in the hallways. I'm usually going to go outside and do a workout or find a gym somewhere. And you know why? It's because, you know, when my dad came to my soccer practices and dropped me off, gave all his time to me, he was doing shit on the field. You know, he was doing shit in the fucking parking lot. He was doing shit on the, on the park bars. You know, and that's just an ex- that's just an example of how exemplifying that behavior can really make it happen for that for that next generation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. All right. They will never be part of the team, but they're a vital part of your success. And that is your enemy. Talk to me about enemies. Cause we both have a view on that.
1: Yeah. You know, like enemies can be seen in different ways. Um, you know, for me, I use enemies to my advantage. Um, and you know, for me, it's, it's mostly in the sports world. Um, and there's something really important about enemies is that you can't care for them too much, but you can use them to your advantage. And it's kind of like your inner circle to an extent. Um, you know, you gave the Michael Jordan analogy to me when I was a lot younger and it kind of, it kind of lived in me for the rest of that. Um, what is it, you know, that mean streak.
0: Mm-hmm. Give me an example of Michael Jordan's, um, uh, treating somebody like an enemy and using it as a catalyst for uh, performance.
1: And that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, like uh, Michael Jordan would something as simple as a coach wouldn't shake his hand after a game, let's say, or maybe they saw each other in the hotel, no handshake, no acknowledgement, right? He would literally see that and be like, there's no way that just happened. He would immediately make them their, his enemy. And he would go out the next night and he would just, you know, give them 40, give them 50 points because it was that disrespect Nothing even serious, but in his eyes, he made it an enemy. He he thought it was disrespect, and he would kind of go into the game and use that to his advantage, you
0: know, Uh, and just total mean streak. Mm -hmm. And he's done that time and time again. What's the uh, show called The Last Dance? Michael Jordan's uh, the documentary about the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. I can think of probably four or five instances where there was a perceived slight of Michael Jordan And that person or that situation became the enemy, and he used it in his favor to turn things around. There's so many people like that. I remember back in my early 20s, there's a guy, Lawrence Acott, I still remember his name. And uh, Lawrence, little guy, cyclist, um, said, hey, listen, you look great, but you have no legs. Okay, so here I was at the age of 16, wearing blue jeans in the summertime, 32 degrees Celsius weather and i was embarrassed about my legs so i go into university and this guy has the audacity to tell me the truth about my legs i hated the guy It's I just have...
1: outright embarrassment almost you know and, and yeah. some people will just take that some people will just take that but i know there's something different that you did and you know what was
0: it well i got down to the point where i said fuck this i this is it and i told my buddy rob who's a uh, who's still a powerlifting champion I said, that's it. This guy said this about me. And to be honest with you, he told the truth. He just had the audacity to tell me. That's all I needed. Boy, did it ever light a fire. So I went from squatting 185 all the way down for a couple reps to almost 500 for four or five reps, full squats, in a matter of, I'm going to say, two years. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, and, you know, I remember talking to, to Rob about this actual story, and he said, he, he said, oh, and he starts laughing, he goes, Tom, you just don't do that to Tom. You just don't do that to Tom. And, you know, that's the thing about you. That's the thing about me. That's the thing about a lot of people who, who have that blessing is people know you don't do that because that will fire you up. And to an extent, that's a good thing. That's something that you really need to have. So men listening to this, um, You know, try and find something that really fires you up, whether it's negative, whether it's just, you know, it could be the smallest thing. You know, I have an example, you know, uh, came to one of my coaches in high school and I said, listen, it was time. I said, listen, it's time. I want to get a scholarship and I want to play professionally one day. And I told you this a long time ago. He looked at me for a second and he paused. He didn't even say anything. And it was almost like a look of disrespect, a look of, you know, disapproval, like it wasn't going to happen. That's how I took mm-hmm. it, And then he, he, started, he started talking to me about how that's possible and how I might do it. And to be honest with you, he didn't help me whatsoever. He did shit all. It was you and me who would go to the tournaments, talk to these coaches, have these conversations. And, you know, I ended up getting that scholarship. I ended up getting two, actually. Three, four, four in total. Two after my first year of college, <laughs> you know. And it, it's whatever, you know. You did it, it's done. The next goal is pro. And right now, to this day, probably four years ago, I'm playing that in my mind over and over and over again when I'm working out, when I'm playing basketball, when I'm doing all these things. Because I'm like, there's no way that guy gave me that disrespect. I'm going to
0: prove this guy wrong. Same story. You make it happen. And you know what's funny? There's, uh, there's something called fight or flight that every man has. They're either going to fight or they're going to fly away. And that's just, it's a natural thing. If you're the type of person who goes towards flight and backs off when somebody gives you a challenge, pushes it, pushes you, when push comes to shove, you better change that. If you're not fighting for your future, you're not fighting for your family, you better get the hang of starting to fight because otherwise you're not going to go anywhere. It's that simple.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and the one thing to, you know, use as a catalyst to to fight is developing these kind of like makeshift enemies and they could be real kind of enemies, but you know, if you're if you're doing that, you're on your way. You're well on your way to to fighting for your family, fighting
0: for your job. Um and, and those fights turn into big wins. Yeah, I'll tell you another story because you know, uh, you know, good old Uncle Pete, my brother. Um we had this rule back when we were kids, we were fighting all the time, just like any, any brother would, I mean, brothers fight. Okay. And, uh, and this is the analogy I'm going to use. So he and I are just pushing each other around. We're wrestling and we weren't going to hurt each other. We kind of held our punches. And then by accident, one day he popped me in the nose. (laughs) Okay. He popped me in the nose and it fucking hurt. And it's kind of like, okay, now it's on. Now it's full scale. It's a bloodbath. Let's go. The gloves are off. Let's go. Let's do this. And I think that day I beat the shit out of him. And, and he ran to mom and, oh you know, Tommy hit me. Tommy did that. But the reality is so often in life, you know, let's look at the proverbial fight. So many people are afraid to take the hits and they avoid the fight. At all costs. They avoid the struggle at all costs because they don't want to get quote unquote hit in the face. The moment they actually get in the hit in the face just once they're either going to back off or they're going to say, okay, now the gloves come off. Now it's serious. Now I got to stand up for what I believe in. Now I've got to go for things and that's how it is.
1: And I think you said it right there, you know, um, you got to fight for what it is. You got to do what it, what it takes. Um, it's, it's not actually, believe it or not, it's not a natural thing. Someone's not going to naturally, you know, back off or fight. It's how they're raised. It's who they surround themselves with. And if they're surrounding themselves with winners and they're winning, they're going to fight, you know, they're going to naturally fight. And for those of you guys who are, who are flying away and kind of avoiding things at all costs, you guys are not real winners. You need to get out there and you need to either develop a stronger inner circle or do it yourself. But part of it lies within your inner circle.
0: And I hate to say this, and I hate to bring this down to money. But if you are in debt, you're not serving your family. You owe it to your family to step up. Bottom line, you owe it to your family to step up. You owe it to yourself to be honest and stop lying to yourself and say, where am I at for real? And is my inner circle of friends, family serving me? And if they are, well, if they... they, chances are they aren't because you're in that situation. But if they aren't, then you need to at least hire somebody to help you, hire a coach, or if you can do it for free and you've got somebody willing to work with you even better. But then look at your friendships and say, okay, I've got five friends who I normally hang out with. Are they helping me move ahead? Yes or no. And if they're not, time to rearrange that friendship dynamic. Look for some new friends, listen to some audios, read some books, change your thinking and start making moves because the bottom line is 2021 is just around the corner. And I ask you, if you're listening to this podcast, what's your move? What's your move?